Part 1. Reality Check. Chapter 1. My First Step, Giving Up on the Fantasy. Fantasy. I struggle to keep my home under control. I'm chronically disorganized or organizationally challenged. Reality? I'm a slob. In almost every fairy tale, someone cleans. Most of the princesses do housework during the story, but that's before they are, or know they are, princesses. They make cleaning look fun. They sing and dance, and the dust never sends them into sneezing fits or makes their eyes swell shut. But once the prince arrives, cleaning's over. Life is all about fancy dinners and sitting on thrones and smiling at peasants out of carriage windows and such. Basically, they clean before they arrive at their destinies. Once they're there, cleaning is irrelevant. Nobody talks about cleaning or worries about cleaning or even notices cleaning is happening. But everything stays clean. Even though I would have told you I knew life wasn't a fairy tale, when it came to cleaning, I embraced this delusion. I was confident that one day cleaning would be easy. My house would stay clean without me even realizing I was cleaning it. So what awakened me from this delusionary dream? My messy house. My grown-up, married woman, I'm the mama house. I'd been messy since birth. I had a messy room as a child, a messy desk in elementary school, a messy locker in high school, and a messy dorm room in college. I had apartments with roommates and by myself. All of them were messy. In case you aren't convinced, I'm talking about more than folded laundry not being put away in a timely manner. Let me paint the messy picture. My living spaces were shockingly messy. People who assured me they wouldn't be shocked were so shocked they couldn't hide it. And all my college friends were actors. I'm talking about the kind of messy where you forget the color of the carpet. The kind of messy where you finally give up and eat off paper plates and drink from disposable cups. And still, the sink is full of dirty dishes 99.9% of the time. This kind of messy makes you pretend you enjoy talking outside in freezing weather when someone drops by unexpectedly. This kind of messy lets, I tripped over a pile, be an acceptable explanation for a broken toe. But as I waded through the mess, I felt confident that the day would come when I would no longer be messy. I didn't worry that that day hadn't yet arrived. It would happen when it mattered. Once I achieved my life goal of being a stay-at-home mom, everything would be easy. My house would be clean. Reality hit once I was at that point, living in my grown-up house with nothing to do but be a wife and a mom, and my house wasn't clean. I was baffled. I tried. I cleaned like a madwoman until I dropped in exhaustion. But as soon as I congratulated myself on my permanently changed ways, I looked up to see the mess was back. I could get my home under control for a week, sometimes two, occasionally three weeks at a time. Life would happen, and the house went back to being a disaster. I created the blog, A Slob Comes Clean, eight years after I arrived at the place in life where cleaning was supposed to be easy. I started on what I now call my deslobification journey in that moment of desperation in 2009. I did not want to use the S word. I'd often told myself and others that no matter how bad it was, I was not a slob. But that was the word that came to me, the word that worked. 
A Slob Comes Clean is a catchy title and rather self-explanatory. I was ready to be honest with myself, and I was ready to get my house under control. Still, it's an insult. The dictionary definition is clear. You don't call someone a slob if you want to be her friend. And that's why it worked. Once I called myself a slob, I couldn't sugarcoat my issues anymore. I stopped making excuses. There's another reason I'm glad I used that awful word. It helped me find my people. As women started reading my blog, they weren't horrified. Instead, they thanked me. These women were relieved to find someone who thought and struggled the way they did, and they were glad to know they weren't alone. As I learned more about these women who shared my struggles, I saw they were amazing, creative, intelligent people. They were artists and poets and teachers and musicians. I liked them. Over time,